Welcome to the Dadpool Podcast. This week, we look at ways to cope during the latest lockdown. Charlie Brooker couldn't have written this, really, could he? Black Mirror, you know, ain't got nothing on this in some cases. Paternal mental health campaigner Mark Williams tells us to go easy on ourselves. No such thing as a perfect parent, and you tell me when there is, and I tell them they're like, trust me. And an epiphany moment that every dad has. And suddenly that moment of relief that it's not just me. This is probably something for you as well, Mark, about how important it is to be kind to yourself as a dad as well. And you acknowledge you're not going to be perfect all the time. You might make a mistake, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm still making mistakes now. And my son is 16. Like, you know, it's no such thing as a perfect parent. And you tell me when there is. And uh, I tell him, they're like, I trust me, because there's no <laughs> such thing. We're all making mistakes. And that's, all, that's part of life as well. Isn't it? So, um <clears throat> The things the work I found is, uh, you know, we talked about this virus today. Uh, I just had a meeting with Welsh Government and we, like Colin said, about getting information in for dads now. And that's really important because, as you know, it safeguards the health professionals when they're going in to see dad. You know, it gives them some information as well. There's loads of factors why we need that information for dads as well. But looking back um, on this virus, if you contain it, if you support both parents in the antenatal period as well as, or the perinatal period, I should say, then it'll... If both parents support it, better, as I mentioned, better outcomes for the, you know, the relationship. Because in my experience, when dad is struggling sometimes, it can impact on mum's mental health. And then we know about child development. We know adverse childhood experiences. We got, it goes into other areas. I've just come across fathers who have been struggling after, you know, witnessing a traumatic birth, which is PTSD. So that's what it is. It's an anxiety disorder, either witnessing or experiencing a life-threatening event. And as a dad, you know, I worked in Sakuna to witness horrific things in my life. Nothing worse for me personally 16 years ago, thinking your wife and baby's going to die in that situation for me. You know, I first ever panic attack. I've never had one like that ever since. And then, uh, so, you know, because I self, you know, suppressed all those feelings, then my personality changed in the first year of fatherhood. And, you know, I was angry, punching sofas. And that's totally out of character. Anyone knows me where I'm from. I'm so laid back normally, but I was totally different in that first year, you know, even starting fights with bouncers, you know, not because I had a chance of beating them up, but when somebody's hitting you, it can be another form of self-harm. So, so we've got to look at father's behaviours during the perinatal period and, and, and not just for health professionals, actually educate them, the mums as well, you know, is, you know, and make sure they're having those conversations because the big factor is among the relationships I've seen end because that communication amongst parents, or he's not, he's avoiding situations, or he's overworking now, or he doesn't want to be involved with the baby, well, look, when he's got in, when I've talked to him, when he's got intrusive thoughts, he's going to do something to the baby. So we've got to look at father's behaviours, why they're acting differently. And, and most importantly, get parents this education as well, the mums, because it's just manifesting in loads of areas. Even the point where I've come across fathers who struggle and next to the relationship end in court and then parental alienation, all sorts of things. So like this virus, if we contain it and support all parents in this period, it's going to have a massive, massive bed outcomes for everyone. Yeah, that, that neatly brings us on to like, sort of the next topic is looking ahead to 2021, because obviously this year has been unparalleled in what everyone has been through. And that's, that's even without acknowledging COVID for some of us, because we've become parents for the first time. Uh, what, what do you hope will, will develop from maybe getting this virus under control and getting back to some sort of normality? Yeah, I, I really wanted to think about looking forward to 
Um, actually, one of the biggest challenges for us is seeing babies working in the parent infant mental health arena. Babies mental health is, is absolutely key in terms of the, the all the work that we do is all to support babies mental health and not seeing babies is a real challenge for services. So as restrictions start lifting in maternity care, um, in perinatal care, in mental health support for, for parents, being able to see babies and support those relationships with their parents is a real key topic for me going forward. Um, and some of the things that we're planning for next year around having um, access to walk and talk events, having access to perinatal mental health groups where your partner's struggling, but you need somewhere to offload, um, being able to do more one-to-one -one work, having an equitable service across a, a bigger area means that more dads can get more support um, rather than having pockets of really good work. We need it to be everywhere rather than little pockets of it because there's big swathes of dads that aren't getting that support. So I'm really looking forward to all of that. Uh, but also that these conversations that we're having now are, are moving from Mark 10 years ago doing campaigning for, for paternal mental health, turning into legislation changes for paternal mental health, turning into services supporting paternal mental health. And now we've got volunteers, we've got organisations, we've got um, resources out there that can support the whole journey all the way through. And it's taken us a, a long time to get there, but we're really using that innovative time that we've had last year to, to move that forward. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes. Steve, I want to just speak to you as well, because your 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 son's a little bit older than well, a few months older than mine. As what's what's your hopes as a dad next year? Um, not 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 to not to kill this before it started, but less of this uh, in the nicest possible way, and a bit more like what Kieran said in terms of like face to face stuff. I think. The interesting thing is my my partner's in like a mum's group in that in that area and they well they were meeting up but they can't write this minute but when they can meet up they've been meeting up and what's interesting is in the last few weeks there's been this little expression in there like my partner's really fed up um, is there any other are there any dad's groups around and now like in all honesty I've had a look around our general area and there aren't any but if some of these other dads want to join join me, we'll start one. We'll get one going. I've not heard from any of them yet, so I'm going to push it a bit more. But hopefully more of this in person because it's absolutely essential. And it, it's that old thing of, like, you don't necessarily realise what you've got till it's gone. Mm. And no, Ch Charlie Brooker couldn't have written this, really, could he? Black Mirror, you know, ain't got nothing on this in some cases. And just more closeness and and actually from from the perspective as a new of a new dad which i think you can appreciate tom is actually understanding what everybody else were was actually telling you what it was going to be like because you know how you, there's these things like oh it's going to be great and uh, when you're struggling grandma and granddad's going to come over and take them off your hands and you can go for a night out or you can just sleep um but more of this if, if the um if if the sort of the, the vaccines take effect and everything, that that would be that would be ideal. But I think what 2020's given us is time for better or for worse. And as as um, Kieran was saying, hopefully a lot more people have thought about themselves and what what the, and their place in whether it's in the world or their place as a parent. Because I think a lot of people are going to realise what 
a bit more about what's important because let's be honest, in some cases they've not had a lot of choice and I'm hoping that'll keep going forward and maybe, maybe more dads will start coming forward and being more um, emotionally reliant on themselves, if that's the right way of putting it, that they actually, um, you know, that they're actually more willing to come forward because maybe they've had to confront themselves a little bit more with the time they've had on their hands or if they, if you if you if you're listening and you have struggled you know i i hope on in some level there's a positive to come out of this and that's that you'd be willing to approach uh, approach people and talk to people because it's so important but i like to think we're just going to be a lot more open and hopefully a lot closer to each other in 2021 that's that's my overarching hope i think and uh, Michael, if that was the case, what would that mean for, for Dad's Matters and um, the participation in the group if, if we were able to be more open and a bit closer next year? Yeah, I mean, it's something that we definitely want to get back to. Um, it was where we saw the most dads when we went to the hospitals and did our antenatal groups. Um, the dads were there, so having them in one place where we can chat to them is a really good thing. Um, the walk and talks that Kieran mentioned earlier, they we've only done one so far, but it was really good just to be out of the house, out in nature with other dads. And funnily enough, there was only two dads that came on my walk. One had twins and one had a girl, and there was a, a difference of about six months in age. And they instantly just prams next to each other and chatted fully for probably an hour that we were there, just did not stop talking to each other. And these two people had never met before. So me and Kieran stepped back and uh, one of our volunteers, we stepped back and just let them walk and talk. And it was amazing how quick they formed a bond purely because they both had a cram, they both had babies. And it was a common ground that neither of them had, had been able to have with anybody up until that point. So it's definitely a massive thing and, and we'll explore every avenue that we can. Uh, one thing that we do want to look at as well is maybe like a dad stay and play type group. The only issue with that is we won't have the capacity to run it, but with the amount of volunteers we have, if we can get our volunteers to run that for us, then that's definitely an avenue we want to look at just so there's somewhere, because um, there's, there's several of them that exist in our areas but none have been doing anything and whether they'll start back up again we don't know so if we can add to that and get more dads involved then yeah that'll be a, a real massive bonus and even just for the dads that we support one-to-one -to, -one, to be able to see them face to face like colin mentioned earlier you can speak to somebody for months and have no idea what they look like and i found that with the dads i've been helping recently and it's only because i've been delivering christmas presents and hampers and things that i've actually seen what they look like and it's quite a shock sometimes. So being able to do that face-to-face -face work straight away will be a real big bonus and something that we, we, we're kind of chomping at the bit to do, let's, to be fair. I think face-to-face uh, -face as well, you can read people a bit better as well. And it's like, like are you all right? And it doesn't have to be anything catastrophic, but just having a chat and, like you said, the, the walk and talk events and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's just, it's just good to be able to have that little bit of a tune-up before things get out of hand and I think that face is contact really important. I think the face the face to face as well makes a difference we found when you're in groups because though we can do Zoom like this, we all have to be courteous enough to wait one after the other to talk. Whereas when you're in a room, you'll get five of you going off on a conversation at once and you might have it, you know, on my screen I'm next to Mark. So me and Mark might look at each other and yeah. whisper something and 
whatever about whatever it is, but you can't do that on uh, uh, much. We've got the remote calls. We can't do that because then you're just talking over everybody, and it you can't that reading the room bit as well doesn't occur. And you can't people build those relationships, don't you, by being able to make eye contact with one another, and you have your inside jokes sometimes and um, hand gestures or whatever that the men do. Um, but it, it's hard to do virtually because that. I think Tom, like you said, reading somebody's face, um, yeah. you can quite often tell. Body language always gives people away, doesn't it? You know when somebody's saying, "Yeah, I'm fine," and the body language is saying, "No, they're not." Yeah, hundred percent. It's hard to do when you're on a Zoom and sat up like that, and you're more interested about does your picture in the background look nice or is your beard coat bright? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. Because you, you, I can see myself in the corner, and you're always aware of yourself. Yeah, you, you're not if you're in a room where you, unless you're in a room of mirrors. You, you're not aware of yourself necessarily. It's the first thing I ever do on a Zoom call is I go like that and start checking my hair because I've got a line right above my head. And no one cares, that's the thing, but you think it, you, you care yeah. yourself, it's so weird. Um, you were speaking before, sorry Wes, just to go back on onto the epiphany moments you said, there's, and I hope other dads and people in this group have had the same sort of thing as well. You hear someone talking and you'll just think in your head, oh, thank God for that, someone else. As long as your baby's okay and you're okay and your partner's okay, then you're doing a good job. And I think, like you said, there's been so many moments today where I've just gone, oh, thank God I'm not the only one, that sort of thing. And I hope other dads have felt that way too. Yeah, I think with that um, that walk and talk thing where you get, where you, like Nick was saying, you get two dads just bouncing ideas off of each other. For me, that, that I mean, this this didn't wasn't happening when I had my, my lad, you know, 12 years ago. There was nothing like this. It was... I remember going to mum's groups and, the, you know, they were saying, oh, yeah, we need to see if there's anything for dads, you know, around. And, yeah, would you be interested? Yeah, of course I would. I'd take your number, take your email, nothing comes back. And you're like, well, okay. But if you this walk and talk thing, it's like you can get that, that like you just said there, that you'll, you'll say something, the other dad will say, oh, that happened to us. And suddenly that moment of relief that, it's not just me. And personally, that only ever happened when I got to primary school. As soon as I was at primary school, you, you do start speaking to other dads and you can say, oh, did this ever happen to you? My kid does this. Oh, yeah, that, that happens all the time. Oh, thank God, it's not just me. So if you can nip that in the bud at baby age, <laughs> then yeah. you know you're on a winner. You know, I think this sort of thing is just what, what, what dads need. But it's yeah. just, again, getting it out there. I think I've definitely felt it and I know you probably will I'm guessing you have Steve as well where you've just been as a new dad you think am I doing this right or not necessarily even am I doing this right but am I doing such a terrible job of this and to hear that you're not is such a massive relief and I think this is again we'll talk about face-to-face -face contact um, and why it's so important just to see other dads and just even even if there's a slight variant and you and they do something that you don't, but it's in the same ballpark. At least you know you're in the right ballpark, and you're not horrendous. So, no, it's 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 constant. And even now, when the little man's a little bit older and he's he's getting on and he's crawling now, he's he's actually climbing the stairs, which I'm it's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I'm still like, look the the other day, he, he's got his first he's got his first self-inflicted shiner. Can I just say? Uh, he was, he was, he was. What do you call it? What's the word? He was going between things. He was like holding on to like the sofa and then the TV cabinet. There's a oh, word for that. I can't. Cruising. 
cruising. Yeah. And he went to the radiator and I thought no arm. And the radiator's not on, but he slipped and the side of his face sort of went on the um, the little white plastic bit that, you know, you turn the heat up on. And, you know, and he bawled his head off for 15 seconds until I distracted him with toilet paper because uh, he just loves ripping up toilet paper. And he's got a little shiner right now. And he went, he went to his grandma's this Sunday. She's in our bubble. And I was just like, oh, bloody hell, how do I explain this to my mum? And it was just like, I was just like, it, it was while my partner was in the shower as well, that, that one or two times of the week I genuinely get to give her that time back that she needs to refresh herself. She just has a couple more hours. And it happened on my watch and I'm like, you're terrible. You, you just, you shouldn't just, why aren't you watching him constantly? And I was for the most part. And then that one moment where I didn't think about it. And then I was like, when your mum asks, just say, he were messing about and he were walking along the radiator and he slipped. And and that that's it. Because all them feelings of guilt, like nowhere near as strong as when I first started uh, being a dad. But they just they just come back briefly. But you do get that you do get a bit more of that confidence. You do. It it, it does come, I'm glad to say. Um and and especially now with whenever we we were talking about sort of look at you know self-care and that which is isn't easy it's really not easy but right now being a parent um is incredible it's like it's like an extra layer on top of of that doubt that you might have anyway and i said to my partner the other day tom because you've had yours a little bit after uh she said at least she had a pregnancy outside of this at least she didn't have to deal with this while she was pregnant, and from what I'm, I'm imagining, half of half of your partner's pregnancy was spent in this, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd say more than half. We found out on January the fourth. There you go. So yeah, basically six of the nine months in lockdown, or a version of it, in Greater Manchester, because we've been in enhanced restrictions since the end of July. So yeah, um, and then you've obviously got the April lockdown as well. So most of it was basically just us two at home. So yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, what what did you do to sort of get yourself through that when you were really struggling? Uh, I think for me, it was just sort of like a little bit of self care and like exercise and things like that, and trying to not just get too excited about the home beer deliveries in lockdown and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and just talking as well. One of my one of the things that my wife always says to me is just talk to me, and I think it's just making sure you have that communication and making sure that give each other a bit of time as well. Like you said, taking the baby just so someone can go and have a bath or go and tinker in the garage or, you know, watch a program or something like that. Just to doing, doing shift work as well a little bit that way yeah. helps us quite a lot, uh, especially in the really early days when sleep is just all over the place. A good, a good one for me that combines all that, a quick one is we've bought one of them, uh, you can buy these backpacks that they sit in. I know most of you all know these, that they, they sit in facing forward. And I know that they can't go in until I think they're six months old, but if you're really, really struggling, uh, put them in the backpack and go for a walk because they'll just look around at everything, be amazed by it. And um, and you you can have a chat with them while they're back there and just sort of point out the ducks and point out this and that. And you're also getting that exercise that, that helps, helps you feel better. It's just a combo of all those things that I found is kind of amazing. And you can get these things for about 30, 40 quid, I think, so. 
on the on those backpacks, this is slightly deviating then. So right. I see all these. And me and my wife were sitting the other week and we were having a right debate about it. Um, and we were debating about what way people face the children. Right. Do you face them out to the world or face them to yourself? Yeah. I'm interested to see who thinks what because either I win the argument or I don't. <laughs> I face him with his, his his face in the direction I'm going. So he's walking in the direction. Do you know what I mean? He's not walking backwards. Do you get the one um, on the back or the one where they're on the front? This is the one where he's on the back. The front one. Right. I, I was told it were like an age thing. Like don't yeah, have them facing okay. forward until they're. A, is that right? Because yeah. we were debating about facing you, getting the interaction, you're talking, aren't you? Serving, returning, all that. Mm. When, but they're not getting it to see all the world that's going on and taking everything that's happening. Yeah, I think facing forward, you can still do your serving return because, like, like Steve was saying, you just chat to them about what you can yeah, see, yeah, knowing yeah. that they're seeing exactly what you're seeing. So you can point to things and you can look down at them still while you're talking, and they'll try and look up with you, I guess. Um, I know we, we never had one, never bothered with a camera. No, we didn't. We, we had a big rap thing, but it was that complicated. Yeah, just never bothered with it. Um, so I just as soon as she was big enough, she just went on my shoulders. Um, I've got so many pictures from first lockdown of her on my shoulders, trotting around in the sunshine. We used to go for a walk every single day during the initial lockdown. And because the weather's gone worse now, it's, it's fallen off a bit. But we used to do at least half an hour, an hour every day. And it was our little walk. And she'd get to a point where she was tired, so she wanted to go on my shoulders. And we'd trot around and look at ducks and walk through the woods and do all them things. Even that That's stuff like a low, low hanging leaves, if it was a soft enough tree like a willow tree, just brush your hair through it, brush your face through it, and go oh, branches and let it hit her in the face. And she found it brilliant. And it's such That's a thing. simple thing to create a bond, and it's so easy to do that it, it's almost too easy sometimes that you don't realize you can do it. But that's the thing, isn't it? it? It becomes sort of your thing as well. And I think there's a there's a slightly there's a bit of a paradox to it in that you don't feel like you're good enough, but it also in some cases you don't necessarily feel like you're doing enough. Um, but and then you if you've got a thing where it's you signature move. And I, you what? A signature move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like as soon as he like sees me put my cap on now, like a flat cap I've got, and as soon as he sees the um the backpack come out and me unfolding it, he's like, hey, you know, he's like it's like, yes, it's 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 that time we're gonna go for a walk and that feels really good it feels really good yes yeah ours pre-lockdown was swimming that was daddy daughter time every saturday we went swimming in the morning then when they did the supermarket afterwards and that was our one thing that we had we had other things throughout the week but that was one constant that we had every single week we did swimming and it really helped to get that bond and it's something that I'm, I'm actually quite nervous about going back to because I don't know if we've lost that bond in the swimming pool now and whether she'll just be a nightmare or scream or try and run off like she's done before. Uh, she runs to the big pools sometimes, which is terrifying and embarrassing at the same time, particularly when you've got a dad bod like mine trying to leg it out <laughs> of the top uh, But, yeah, I do wonder whether we'll ever get back to that stage where we have that one activity that's just me and her that we do but that being said I've spent the last nine months working from home with my daughter in the house for most days, she's not here today but most days she's here so we've got a, a different kind of bond now if you like 
I think that's one of the things I'm, I think about in when all this comes to an end. And some of it's part of a worry with the work we've done with a lot of families, not just dads. And um, one of the other projects is around parks. So we've done a lot around getting families out into parks and changing behaviours from uh, being indoors a lot or not experiencing the outside world. Because everybody's been forced to be indoors, are we going to have to do all that work again to convince people to come outside or are they going to get comfortable being in the house? Um, or are we going to have to stop people coming outside because too many of them are going to charge out at the same time? But what you said there, Mick, I think probably one of the things that is worth you remembering is whilst you're in lockdown, you found other things that you're doing. So if she doesn't want to go swimming again, that's fine because you've got something else. And it's the same for other people who never went swimming before. They may get fed up with the things they've done during lockdown and decide they do want to go swimming. So I wouldn't say it's something to be worried about and think it's a failing because actually you've got other things that are now part of your routine and you might have a new special secret move as dad that you do. You might want to try and flat caps or something. I know that I'm not a saviour But just let me Thanks to Ollie Wade for the music, Hero.